0: Over the river and through the woods to Grandmother's house we go, but Grandmother lives in a cabin in the woods that doesn't have any running water, so she poops in a bucket, and all she has to eat is homemade beef jerky, and we still haven't seen Grandpa in months. We're going back to the cabin in this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast.
1: Attention planet Earth and beyond, stay tuned for Attack of the Killer
0: what welcome to another amazing episode of attack of the killer podcast for one last summer fling of fun camping out in a cabin in the woods i'm your forest ranger insane mike and this is episode 294 called back to the cabin now what we do here at attack of the killer podcast is we discuss horror movies and we're a group of friends they all have a common bond and that is our love for horror we get together with a topic and talk about films within that topic. So we're just friends hanging out, talking. So there may be spoilers. I thought it was
2: about we are. It's our love for tacos that really brought us. <laughs> yeah. that. That's true. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's where it really all started. Yeah. You know what'd be great? What's that? If the listeners would join our Patreon. Mm. However, I just want to state that we don't think of it as Patreon as it is actually what we consider joining the Attack of the Killer podcast family. And when you do, you become what we call an attacker. Now, being an attacker is more than just supporting the show. You get all kinds of perks for joining. You get exclusive content, such as bonus episodes, our YouTube shows like video updates, Insane Mike's Women in the Top 10 list, and killer critiques. You get merch, as well, like your very own membership card and certificate and sticker, original art by me called Mikey's Monsters, or you can even get an Attack of the Killer Podcast T-shirt. When we say, um, when we say that an attacker is part of our family, we mean it. You get access to our monthly horror hangouts, watch parties, and become part of our exclusive chat called Attack of the Killer Chat. You will also even get shoutouts on the website and the show,
1: just like these amazing tackers right here. All right, we have Timothy Lenner, Roman Doppelfill, Larry Wantabi, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jess Kyrus, Chris Cook, Brian Godsell, Stefan Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Muller, Rod Hutchinson, Carmen D. Hague, Andrew Abraham Ariano, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kelderman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talishoma, Marcus Rood, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Berg, Emily Randolph, Bill Fisher, and Greg Dietrich.
0: <gasps> and you too can become an attacker by going to jointheattackers.com you pick the tier that best suits you to get the content you want and you become part of the attack of the killer podcast family that site again is join theattackers.com don't put spaces in it like i just did it's uh, all yep. it's all one jointheattackers.com <laughs> <laughs> perfect and now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew he's always asking the philosopher philosophical questions like if a podcaster records his show alone in the woods does he make a sound jason
2: those are very good questions hey everybody thanks for listening happy you're here me too
0: yeah i'm happy i'm here too yes he sold his cabin in the woods to bigfoot and bigfoot paid him in cryptocurrency tad everybody not bad not bad hey guys well, it got not bad. It's not good, but it's <laughs> not bad. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, then I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to turn it over to Tad for What We Watched.
3: What We watched.
1: let's just kick it right off. Jason, what have you watched lately? Oh
2: man, I've been do—I've been trying, guys. I've been trying real hard to pick up the pace, get some things watched, and it's been going well. And when was the last day we recorded? Man, it's been been so long. So did I talk about the Ninja Turtle movie? I think so.
1: I think you did.
2: I'll skip ahead to the big hits here. Um, Renfield finally got to watch that. Oh nice. That was pretty and great. I you liked it? it. I liked it. I loved it. it, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Nicholas Hout guy. He's great.
1: What about the Nicholas Cage guy?
2: Yeah, he's fine. No, he's good. Um oh did I I yeah. I'm not sure. I mean I like Aquafina as a comedian and in some roles. I'm not sure that she was any good in this movie
1: uh-oh i don't i don't like her in anything i'll be honest yeah it wasn't i did not what was the shang chi shang chi in? i thought she was god awful in that
2: but yeah she was this cop lady and it, she just wasn't convincing yeah. as it
1: and just didn't even like needed like i completely yeah, forgot until so you brought up that she was in it i forgot she was in it
2: guardians of the galaxy volume three finally came to disney plus
1: fucking sad right
2: yeah it's it's a bummer y'all i mean like i tried to stay away from all the spoilers and sure it's sad like i expected like half the team to die so uh at least that yeah, happened that 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 was kind of disappointed my, that they didn't that was kind of my
0: takeaway too i'm like okay everybody's saying it's super sad uh-huh. i gotta be ready for it and Sure it is, but it's it like the expectation for Uh sadness was built up too much.
2: But yeah, yeah, the rocket story is a sad one, and all that stuff with the animals, obviously.
1: That yeah, all that was sad. Um, But I will say, like just you saying, I mean, spoilers if you're if you haven't seen it, uh, hit pause for thirty seconds. But uh, not killing like the characters, I'm like, well, James Gunn, like you're leaving (laughs) Marvel Um, to fuck
2: up your shit.
1: Yeah, so like, yeah. give us some, and, and to bring back Gamora was weak to me. Like, mm. for what reason? To so that Star Lord could get over her? Like, it just felt like.
0: Don't even get me started on the whole Gamora thing. Just in general, <laughs> ever just since, so st- just ever so since stupid. End game, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, that time travel nonsense. I'm they, telling it, you, time it, travel. It, sucks. it was
1: well. It was cool. Like. The first time we saw it, and now it just like basically means there's no rules anymore. Yep. It erases all consequences.
2: Yep, and it did say there at the end, Star-Lord will return.
1: Yeah, so we're getting more Star-Lord. Yay. Um, Chris Chris Pratt, we don't get enough of him on screen, right?
2: (laughs) I finally got to see Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's new movie. Um, I'm a gigantic Wes Anderson fan, as you probably would have guessed. And I 100% loved it. I think I remembered Tad saying it's too much of all the things yeah. that he does. But man, I was, I wanted it all. It was the subject matter, the, just the storyline. Um, the characters were just cool as shit. And I was like, couldn't get enough of his kicking style.
1: Let's be real. It's just, uh, um, it's just uh nope for hipsters. What
2: <laughs> Oh, why do you have to say things like that? <laughs> and then uh <laughs> lastly, uh I loved Astro City. It's I mean it's what I got put four and a half stars on that.
1: Even my like least favorite Wes Anderson movie is better than like most people's best movies, so
2: Right right. And then uh speaking of depressed yeah, I made it to the theater and I saw Oppenheimer.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: I I loved it. Obviously, because Log- you know.
1: Logan Paul walked out of it because there was it was just people talking. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I mean, we know how it ends, so it's like yeah, we knew the ending, <laughs> like Titanic, man. Like all yeah. they did was talk.
2: Right. Um. I mean, and it's um. I so I'll I'll be happy to say it that I do not us language kids I do not suck the Christopher Nolan dick and I don't really like his Batman movies and I didn't Whoa, I, I didn't, didn't think, know that I didn't think he's even that great of a director necessarily
1: ah <laughs> yay <laughs> I have but,
2: re- I have reasons I hate it and so he, I was go yeah.
1: ahead no, I was just gonna say but he has Florence Pooh naked in this movie so
2: and that helps sure. Um, but there were, so anyway, I was hesitant. I was, uh, I was hesitant, um, about the direction and, and, uh, I really ended up, I think, liking it a lot. There's a really, you know, there's some definite style to it. There were, um, I, I went to, I went with Holly and she was really nervous, one about not having to pee in the middle of it, but then second, cause it's three hours long and so, but she was nervous, like this is going to get boring at some point, three hours of talking, right? And uh, at the end, she was just like, I can't believe that it was three hours of intensity. <laughs> and it's just just like, just nerve-wracking intensity, knowing the ending, but they, just the way they did it, the scenes were just relentless. And there were a couple sequences that were just like, would not be, fucking relent and it just grabbed you and took you along and was incredible and it's definitely in the filmmaking the way I, I props to Nolan on the way he did it for a movie about people talking and I and you know me I love I love movies about smart people smart movies obviously it's one of the smartest guys that ever lived and Einstein's in it a, few, a bunch too and i mean halfway through the movie i'm like am i am i smart enough to even understand this movie should i just should i just leave i don't know but i hung in there and it you know eventually made sense just so many names and they don't hold your hand with any of the history and all of that you just like hang on and and just go for the ride and um and and maybe most of all i mean the score is amazing but the sound editing is going to win the Oscar. If anything wins for this movie, it's going to be the sound editing. Imagine being you finally creative finally got it. with with uh, a nuclear explosion sequence and and all that goes with big bangs and and stuff like that. It was that's where I was like beyond impressed. Uh, on top of just a really kick ass movie, I loved it. Oppenheimer. That's what I, I watched.
1: I keep hearing people talk about like because of the way our pop culture has no, sort of yeah. turned yeah. Uh, Einstein into the like Einstein thing, yeah. yeah, people are like it's jarring to see him because like we picture him on like posters with his tongue out or on like t-shirt smoking a joint or a bong, and it's really? like wait, I forgot he was a real fucking person. <laughs> that
2: oh my god, it talked to yeah, Oppenheimer. It's, it's a real thing kids.
1: because there's
0: so much there's so much generational gap between the real Albert Einstein yep. and all of these like college dorm room posters of Einstein having his tongue sticking out or stupid oh, stuff
2: that's fucking dumb and he's not even in it that much. Um he plays, you know, important parts but and the character who plays him was awesome but that's dumb fucking kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, I don't I don't know if you'll watch it Mike but Dad, probably will if you haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I wanted to go, and then it was out of LDX. I'm like, you can't get me to sit in a regular ass theater seat for three hours. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs>
2: You're such a snob. So, so I awesome. need
1: to find. I need to find like a 70 millimeter screening. <laughs> but there you go. A friend of mine, Chris. Shout out Chris, who never listens to this. Um, Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, also, he, <laughs> he he has been trying to get. Uh, tickets for this thing in 70 millimeter oh, yeah. since the release, and he finally got tickets at 2:45 a.m. And I'm like, "What do you mean? Like, you mean p.m.?" Right? He's like, "No, this movie is selling out every showing, so they just keep adding. Like, it basically plays 24 hours at their like Jesus, their local theater that has 70 millimeter IMAX. So they just like it literally just loops 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So whenever it's like one ends. And they spool it back up, and it's ready to go again at 2.45 a.m. And that's the only showing he could finally get tickets for a month after it's been out.
2: would be a hell of a way to see it, though. That's
1: oh, yeah. Sure. But I've heard other people are like... There's only so many people trained on these old film projectors, so sure. they're having like they show up for a 70 millimeter showing. They drove three hours out of town for, oh, and they're no. like, "Sorry, we don't like we can't figure out what's wrong with the projector, so we're just playing uh, the DCP tonight." And uh, other people who have seen both versions are like, "I think the DCP looks better than the actual film." I guess it matters like depends on the projector, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean you should have something to say about that Jason. It's like vinyl versus digital, right?
2: <laughs> right. That's why I'm way for DCP. Give me the best quality possible. Give me all the fidelity. Yes. I wish to be fidelitous.
1: Did you sit in a regular ass theater at I did. And um, that's Did you bring like a seat cushion?
2: Didn't need it. I was my butt, butt didn't even didn't even recognize the your butt wasn't
1: even on the seat. It that's was, right. Because you were on the edge of your seat exactly. the whole time. Exactly.
0: In fairness, our theater upgraded their seating. Yeah, so. we have great seats, recliners. Yeah, it's yeah,
2: it's, um, it's recliners, awesome. So.
1: Hey, that's what I watched. All right, Mike, what did you watch? Okay.
0: Uh, uh, I'll start off with uh, kind of wanted to see.
2: Go ahead. Kind of wanted
0: to see. I just need to come back. Okay. You want to Go ahead.
2: Well, I forgot. Remember yesterday, I told you I had a surprise.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've been and, waiting uh, with bated breath. I know. My There's is. one
2: more thing I watched. <sighs> the first season of Righteous Gemstones. About damn time! You <laughs> got him. You About got time. me. Did Michelle want to watch it, no, or did somebody else no, tell you? No, it was you, all like, me. Oh, you see this? And I'm sitting there on the couch, scrolling through every fucking app I have, and I'm just like, <laughs> that damn thing keeps popping up, and I'm like, do I just... Do I give him a gift? That is the best it?
0: gift ever. I
2: fucking did it. Listening and, to me. And I mean I was done with the first season maybe a week ago and I've been waiting to just tell you about <laughs> it. I didn't want to start the next one.
0: But uh Yeah, fuck my turn. I want to hear what you thought of Righteous Jones. Uh, Go <laughs> ahead.
2: Well, here's the thing. Uh oh. I should also pay more attention to you when you're telling me what you watched because <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I guess. The Which which part the I I thought the, it was go- the
0: a lot of the is, all the male penis? It's no?
1: Goggins, right?
2: <laughs> Who's that? Walter Goggins. <laughs> but
1: then there's this guy.
2: No, I I thought it was gonna be a comedy. It is. No. It is. You are misleading. It's I, so much more than a comedy. Oh,
0: it's more than a comedy, yeah. It's
2: not a comedy, it's a drama. God, that's, that's fucking got hilarious funny. no you can't it tell is me. it's absolute i'm not, it is hilarious you
0: can't t- you can tell it's me it's that's a drama. More drama over comedy it's that's a draw
2: are you kidding me do you know what happens in that first fucking season it's madness the drama that it's, happens in that family yes which comedic madness comedic sure but like i i was off-putting to me that it wasn't that there was so much drama that it didn't. It wasn't a sitcom. It was. It is not a sitcom. Oh no. Well, it's
1: HBO. But... I mean, it's HBO, dude. It has to be like.
2: I know, but Good. like, I just it's it's on me for not listening to you guys enough. Maybe, but like, uh, you know, and and so the besides that, the and then with that, you know, that gets me is then it the drama part is not catching a break. Shit that I hate. That family well, just... Well, but... No, I... Yeah. They
0: kind of deserve it Maybe, most of the time.
2: Maybe, but like... <laughs> gosh, dang. Who do you root That's for in that show? John Goodman. Goggins. No, Goggins. he's the biggest piece of shit out of all of them. John
0: Goodman? Well, I'm God, trying to remember Goodman's the first... Goodman's no good. i trying all, to remember the first season. Goggins. You kind of learn how <laughs> how darker Goodman's character is as the show progresses. They're all the shits. On, the only but... one I likes
2: the young one, really. Who, Goggins? No. <laughs> Stop saying that, Adam Adam Levine. Yes, that guy. And even he, yeah, the guy I liked the most in first season got kicked out. The Goggins, pool, the pool boy. He's my favorite, really. The pool boy, the young guy's friend. Yeah, Goggins. Satanist, oh, the Satanist.
0: Yeah, Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> and and way to make me wish Wait, regret saying. What do you mean he
0: got kicked I, out? Because he's not in he, at the end of
2: season one. Everyone flips out. And he's like, "You gotta leave, leave." I'm sh- I assume he comes back because he was. Yeah,
0: he's in all the seasons. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it was clearly temporary, but yeah.
0: Well, my no, my favorite uh. character that I root for is um, Danny in all the seasons. Even though he his his part is way less in the second season, but kind of comes back around the third, and that is um, Danny McBride's oldest son, the exiled one. Oh this, yeah, that. <laughs> That is basically the cause of all the dark right. plot of the first season.
2: Right, right.
0: That, and I just like that actor. He, yeah, yeah, he's w- great. he was awesome on Santa Clara Diet. Yep. Yeah.
2: But yeah, so whatever y'all saying plus Ted is, <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for there a lot of the...
0: And that tarnished it for you, your enjoyment? I, or I just wasn't
2: ready. It just, I didn't... It, I almost stopped it after a couple episodes because I'm just like this isn't as, this isn't a sitcom like I thought it was going to be. This isn't a comedy. It's funny. Just I, I thought the you situations would. are dark and I, not funny.
0: I was. I still find it all hilarious. But regardless, um, I guess I'm a sick fuck. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, we know. I thought if anything would cause you to turn it off is just how awful these characters are, and it's so weird that I'm that I'm so captivated by these characters and wanting them to win even though they're pieces of crap to deserve everything that they get you know so i don't i don't I don't understand. know that i want
2: them to win yeah
0: yeah but i mean you're still following their story i know their stories so and... i feel
2: like a hostage and not like a wee so yeah it's not it's not all think, yucks for me so do you think
0: you'll continue
2: i don't know that's why i left it at a stopping point i mean i We'll see how desperate I get for something to watch, and if
0: you get desperate but... <laughs> i I would recommend over every other b s that I've recommended on this show that you don't listen to me on is that right. freaking um that I'm blanking now that that's that series about the making of the Godfather I know
2: I know i it just didn't pop that up that one I really time.
0: feel like it's a Jason show,
2: yeah, anyway that's. Well, hey, I watched I watched something that you told me to watch. Yay, it's I'm never so happened happy. before. I'm so excited.
1: Okay. Well, Mike, what did did you watch uh anything Jason recommended Fuck to you? No, he never does. <laughs> it's only fair. I guess I'll have to watch something now.
0: Um what I watched, well, okay, so I was I you know, I heard that Alex Winter had that new ha, has that new documentary out about YouTube. And so I wanted to check it out, but it's not it's not free anywhere right now, so... Um,
1: Ironic, <laughs> it's not on YouTube.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? Um, so I decided I wanted to fill some gaps in the Alex Winter filmography and his documentary filmography, and I had never seen Showbiz Kids uh, from two years, uh, from three years ago, 20, uh, 2020. So I thought I'd, I'd check it out, and it's okay, it's not bad. Um, it doesn't really give me anything new, I felt. I mean, it's, it definitely has some interesting and shocking perspectives of being a child actor uh, from uh, from a lot of uh, child celebrities um, so but it, you know it's still it's still pretty good it's no Zappa anyway then I also watched on the airplane to uh, on the way home from Vegas I watched Black Adam um, as
1: the director nice. intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, can't wait probably. to watch Oppenheimer on a flight. Needs up nothing to
0: fall asleep to. Shut your face. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Black Adam, it's 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 fine. It's good. It's um, you know, got a lot of cool action and some some you know good little comedy. I think The Rock, I love his portrayal of Black Adam, and um, you know, it is a little. Uh, um, disconnecting when like your main character is so powerful that there is literally nothing that can stop him.
1: Like all Superman movies ever?
0: Uh, even Superman has his moments of losing a fight and it was in from what I've heard and read I've, it was in his contract not to lose a fight in this movie mm-hmm. That surprised me. And so where is the where is the uh,
1: Where's the tension? Where's the...
0: Stakes. Well, stakes. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So. I, I mean, you don't have to worry about it because he's done, so...
0: I
2: guess.
1: But, but I don't what think happened? it was... Well, it's oh. just the
0: movie flopped,
1: so... Oh. There'd be and no return. Yeah, all, everything... Thought, said
2: it like The Rock was canceled or something.
1: No, just... Okay. Well, he, he came out and was, like, crying about it and how the studio doomed it and all this shit, and it's mm-hmm. like... I mean... They sort of did by announcing, like, James Gunn's is starting over, so these next three movies <laughs> don't do not matter. Yep. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It doesn't deserve to be a flop. You know, it's not the best superhero movie, but.
1: But, like, how bad. do you, like, how do you even get motivated to watch it knowing that there's, like, that it is, like, finite like there's nothing coming after it that's it for the character because it's its own movie it's not like a It's not like one chapter of a
2: a two-hour
0: chunk of 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 a bigger of a bigger movie, you know. Well, see, for me, that's (laughs) that's literally still stand on its own, as far as I'm concerned. And sometimes they should. sometimes when it is part of a connected universe, and I don't care for it as much, I have to tell myself it's a movie on its own and not worry about it being connected to a bigger thing.
1: See, that's my only motivation to get this far in the Marvel thing. Is like I've invested all this goddamn time. I have to fucking watch them, and now I'm sort of out. So, and there's only really two connecting threads to the, um, to the DC
0: movies. Um, and you know, unless you are following it, you're, it doesn't matter. But like the wizard from the Shazam movies is in it because, you know, black Adam is connected to the Shazam family and all that same powers and same origin basically. Um, and then, uh, the, that actress that plays Amanda Waller and all the current DC stuff, uh, she shows up but again it's not like hey remember I'm Amanda Waller remember that time I did this in Batman versus Superman you know so it's just it's just a character that if you know you know you don't it's not going to
2: matter Re- regardless of the end of how the movie ends up for the movie I I loved the shit out of it for like witnessing an all powerful motherfucker kick some ass. Like I mean, that yeah, was all awesome. that action stuff was the action was fun was and so awesome. Good.
0: And it's just like every time they like pause from the action <laughs> and then it's like, you know, Hawkman gets pissed off again and hits him with the mace and shit starts all over again and then it's another brawl. You mm-hmm. know, so the action's great. It's, you know, very thin on story and plot, but uh and character development, but all the action stuff is awesome, and it's—I think it's worth the price of admission for that.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I so, mean, you didn't pay admission, so you obviously don't feel that way. It but. was thousand percent worth uh, how much I put into it. <laughs> Watching <laughs> it on the back of a seat in an airplane. Oh, it
0: wasn't even that. It was on my phone. Oh, oh yeah. My. <laughs> and I had to watch it. I had to watch it in blocks because uh, the movie was longer than, um, than my flights. Like,
1: because oh, <laughs> I had a connecting flight, I had to finish it on the second flight. I saw a meme where someone like uh figured out how to play one of Christopher Nolan's movies on a on a pregnancy test on like one of the little screens on a pregnancy <laughs> test. Oh, Jesus. Just to
2: <laughs> piss him off to the yep. max. <laughs> wow. There is no slower <laughs> screen. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's awesome. fucking
0: funny. All right, so I also watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yay! It was awesome. I don't know. We've already talked about it, so I don't know what else to, to well, you say. give your feedback on it. I thought it was great. Um, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to do wrong on that franchise, especially when it's still the same guy who's done the other two films, So, and he's pretty protective of that property. So I feel like it did – it was – Definitely way more character-driven than the others, which was great. Yep. Um,
2: Do you see it, Tad?
1: Yes, I okay. saw it in theaters. I not thought on, the, I thought a, not the, on a phone or <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, whatever. Without <laughs> spoiling the ending on who dies and doesn't, but the, near the end, uh, when Star-Lord's in trouble, I thought they fucking pushed the line on, like, what's cool to show kids and what isn't. When this he had, an started, f-
1: it had, had an F-Mom in it. Well, that, yeah, but, like, break. he
2: started bloating and turning, like, it was fucking disgusting. Oh, turning oh, I inside out, like, yeah. Like, I can't believe they were showing that for fucking kids. Like, yeah. I well, thought they pushed
1: it on that. Yeah, James Gunn, man. He, his trauma, trauma roots coming out. Yeah. yeah. And Lloyd was in there. Did you see old Lloyd? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Playing cards with Howard the Duck. Yep. Do. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought it was great. I was, It was cool to see characters like Cosmo get a little bit more screen yeah. time cosmo is um, awesome and just expanding expanding not just the guardians but that whole universe it's is that douchebag gold it. kid
2: in real
0: yeah and a warlock okay. um pretty much the same Another origin one.
2: per se undefeatable guy
0: uh yeah but he's definitely he's definitely not a whiny little mama's boy <laughs> bitch in the comics as he is in the movie that was beautiful. funny yeah. uh Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, Best part is uh, there was an Alice Cooper song in it. Um, Uh, Like like a deep cut.
1: Yeah, a deep cut, exactly, yeah. The the music this time, this go around, for the most part, was like way deeper cuts. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like this movie in general was was more. Yeah, well, (laughs) I think it was just James Gunn being more personal. Like this is my swan song, so he made it more character driven, more dark and serious, and had deeper cuts. It wasn't like the first one was sort of like a breakthrough for Marvel, where it was like this is weird and funny and crazy and zany. Like this is the first sort of of its own, and you know, and then they got Taika to come in and did his funny thors and we had we've had sort of a zany thing since then but like this was still had james gunn signatures on it but was Mm -hmm. much more of a personal james gunn film yeah for sure absolutely
0: and you know yeah the, the the animal stuff is definitely super super sad and and whatnot but uh I got a little choked up right there at the end, a little with the new guardians and just the idea of just the just the, of the uh, wraparound of the whole three films going out on the same song we came in on in the first film. I thought was an imo- an awesome touch. Yep. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Well. Uh. One more thing. I'll. I want to bring up because I just. I feel like I have to do a retraction from my last <sighs> what we watched. Because <sighs> I mentioned that and. So when I do when I talk about shows, I try to not always talk about the shows I've been watching unless I finished it. And I made the mistake of breaking my rule with Twisted Metal, and here's why I usually wait till I finish it. Because I talked about how um, Sweet Tooth was only going to be in like a couple of episodes. He's in the whole goddamn thing. IMDb flat out lies about uh, how many episodes some of these actors are in because Sweet Tooth is just throughout the whole thing and he is by far the most fun character in that show. But uh, so we finished Twisted Metal it was definitely a lot of fun. I recommend it. I I'm just kind of shocked that it hasn't been getting more um attention than it than it has.
1: Well it said. It's Peacock's biggest show by far. Oh, like, okay. Well that's has so yeah. But that's not saying much cuz can you think of anything else Peacock's <laughs> had?
0: Well, that's true. I just I, I was just kind of expecting like The last of us level of attention you know that kind of thing you know because it's by the deadpool guys you know so it's it definitely has a ton of action way way too much gore and a lot of comedy and it's just a fun fun ride and a great setup for another season that actually will tie into the games more uh than than this movie did which i thought was pretty cool but
1: that's what i watched cool
2: what about you, Tim?
1: Um, I, my list is short, but sweet. Uh, I was <laughs> we'll trying see. to figure out when we last recorded. I will not reveal that out loud, but um, since then, I believe I haven't talked about this one. A24's newest horror movie, Talk to Me. Right? Oh, no, you haven't talked about that
4: one yet. Man,
1: this movie fucking rules. Uh, I mean, going into it, it checked off all the boxes for me already. Like, A24 and horror, I'm in. Um, but little did I, I... I knew nothing. I saw some teasers, but I tried to avoid all trailers. I saw the hand that's on the poster and in the trailers, it's like a ceramic looking hand knew nothing about it. Um, went in pretty much blind. Uh, it's been a while since I saw Nikki recoil in horror during a movie. So it's got that going for it. I keep telling people it's like the Australian child of it follows and hereditary, but like, that's a bad sell because I hate when people compare movies to others. Uh, Yeah. Um, just in tone that it's, it's dark, it's dark and, and fucked up and serious. It's it's like dread. Uh, there's not humor in like, there's not, is it's doesn't have much, if any humor in this thing. Uh, the basic story is like, it's a group of teenagers. One of them has lost their mom. Uh, and dad is like, an alcoholic lost mom to suicide. So like she sort of stays with her, her, her best friend as a family member almost. But, uh, their group of friends, they find this like ceramic hand and it's like a viral challenge. You put it on the table. They tie you up, uh, to a chair and you enter, you, you like touch this hand and say, uh, talk to me and you can see the other side, sort of like a Ouija board, but it's, you can see it clearly. And, uh, so they, at first, think this is really fun, and it's a fun thing to do at parties, and uh, they quickly... But there there are rules to it. If you can't stay in that realm for more than 90 seconds, or you risk being attached to this realm forever, um, and when this girl with a very traumatic past tries it, things start to go bad, and uh, there's... <clears throat> A scene I will not spoil, but holy fuck, it's disgusting and brutal and dark and scary and uh, disgusting. Yeah, and so uh, it already has a sequel confirmed. uh, Talk to me, Uh, (laughs) but but this is it's it's so cool. It's like an Australian horror movie. It's I think it's short. It's like it was like ninety minutes. Just like good old fashioned really great horror really good performances not one face you'll recognize uh yes yeah i just loved it original good hardcore horror don't if you don't like a24 don't let that chase you away it is beautifully shot and has a great score but uh it's not artsy it's just a cool old school scary horror movie awesome um other than that for the texas chainsaw massacre day I uh, threw on the old Texas Chainsaw, the original in 4K, just to check out the disc, and I, I got a new surround sound receiver, so I always had to test it out, and uh, that 4K restoration is beautiful.
2: Nice. Awesome.
1: And then the last thing, I went to the theaters over the weekend and saw Strays.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Is that any good?
1: It was hilarious. Uh good. I wanted to see the last voyage of the Dementor, which is like the new hardcore vampire film, but like life sort of sucked lately. And I just wanted to go watch a dumb comedy movie. Um, So strays is the new movie about uh, stray dogs played by Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, Isla Fisher and Randall Park. Uh, Will Forte plays uh, the human character. Uh, there's Brett Gelman, Rob Riggle, uh, Sophia Vergara, Dennis Quaid's in it as himself, which is really weird. <laughs> I saw him in the trailer,
0: referring uh, jo- to himself as yeah, himself. Yeah,
1: yeah, Josh Gad. Uh, so basically, this is like a very, very hardcore R-rated AirBuds. Um, <laughs> Will Farrell plays the lead dog Reggie, uh, who's owned by this loser Will Forte known as doug doug treats his dog like shit um but reggie is too dumb because he's a dog to understand that will is treating him like shit so when uh doug drives reggie like five hours out of town throws a tennis ball and drives away he's on a journey to make it back home uh he, he runs into other stray dogs who are played by jamie fox and isla fisher and randall park and they sort of Start on this journey. They convince him, like, you know, they they break the news to him that his owner is a piece of shit and didn't love him. So now they're on a new journey to make it back to bite his dick off. <laughs> so it's like Homeward Bound with a dick biting at the end. Yes. Um, and it's so good. Like, it's just disgusting, dumb, immature, childish humor. I mean, Perfect. dick and fart and poop jokes, the whole thing. Uh, but I it has to have broken... Whatever fuck record was held before, because Jamie oh. Foxx, I don't think he has a single line without fucking it in this movie. Wow! Um, and there were ki- there were people with like bringing the families oh, no. in. Yeah. I knew it. I knew yes. it was going mean, to happen. And, and Even this isn't it's
0: just flat out R right in the trailer.
1: Right, and and they tried to push that in the trailer and the posters because yep. the opening scene is like getting to know Reggie and uh, Will Forte. Let's see what his name was. Doug. And so the whole idea is like, Reggie is this dumb dog and he's like, the only thing Doug loves me more than, the only thing Doug loves more than me is his penis. He's always uh, shaving it. He's sneezing out of it. He's playing with it. And every time I try to play with it, he pushes me off the couch, you know, and it's like shows him like jerking off the porn. It shows him like shaving his nuts. I mean, it's, it's like... And you know he's, he's it's it's disgusting. It's adult humor, and I'm like, th- then that's in the first minute. Literally opens with that, and I'm just like, thinking like, oh my god, like how uncomfortable does his family next to me have to be? They brought like seven and eight year olds. Like, Jesus. oh my god, <laughs> and they didn't they didn't leave.
0: Oh my god, for real,
1: for real. And I mean, there are scenes of like dog boners and dogs fucking and dogs. Uh, it's just yeah, so. Uh, but it's hilarious. I thought. It, I mean, if you like immature dumb humor, it's you very like dog simple. Boners. Yeah, there, there's a scene where a dog tries to uses boner to take the keys off a wall to a pound. It's pretty funny. Because <laughs> uh, I think it's Randall Park plays this uh, failed police dog that wears a cone all the time, and he has a huge dick. And they talk the whole His whole characteristic is that he has a huge dick, <laughs> and uh, they show it over and over and over again in the movie. Uh and that's the scene where they're like, Come on, Randall, use your boner and they're trying to get him up and the one dog's talking dirty to him. His crush is yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing.
1: It is so funny and so stupid, and uh I highly recommend it. It's probably not a must watch in theaters, but I imagine it's gonna hit streaming pretty quick and uh yeah, that's what I watched.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Well thanks, Tad. <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you guys. Okay, so let's talk about some cabins in the woods type movies here. Back to the cabins. Um, let's go with Chad.
1: What's our first film? Our first film is Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers.
3: Those things out there are real. If they're real, what else is real?
4: You may never get another night's sleep as long as you live. Now, as of this moment, as far as we're concerned, we are 50K behind enemy lines. Now, expect nothing less than gratuitous violence from the lot of you. Every year, more and more people come through here. Every once in a while, they don't come back. Captain, you've got to get me out of here. Looks like they got hit hard and fast. Every magazine is full. From here on in, the exercise is over. Exactly what is it we're fighting against? throats. That's werewolves to you and me. You came here because of them, right? This was supposed to be a routine training exercise and that's all. You yeah. treat survival, Otherwise not running and hiding. Salvage whatever <laughs> weapons you can find and stand. So! We shut down the generator. Why would they do that?
3: Because they can see in the dark.
4: And you're afraid of it. <laughs> there was only supposed to be one!
3: You tore them to pieces! It's in front it's of my eyes!
0: <laughs> Honestly. What are our
4: chances? So, if Little Red Riding Hood should show up with a bazooka in a bad attitude, i expect you to chin the bitch.
3: You're bloody loving this, aren't you?
4: Terry, where you
1: Stick the kettle on. Could all do with the blue. I literally don't even know what they just said in that last line. But, uh, during a routine nighttime training mission in the Scottish Highlands a small squad of British soldiers expected to rendezvous with a special ops unit instead find a bloody massacre with a sole survivor. The savage attackers of the special ops team return and the men are rescued by Megan, a zoologist who identifies what hunts them as werewolves. Without transport or communications, the group is forced to retreat to a farmhouse to wait for the full moon to disappear at dawn. So this is the sort of big movie that broke neil marshall into the mainstream he never really lived up to it okay the descent is great but uh this is one that i believe was this actually like went straight to tv i believe was this like aired on sci-fi channel or something i don't remember maybe It, it wasn't in the trivia but i swear i remember when i discovered this movie back in the day people were like this is like one of the coolest like straight to tv or video movies but either way i remember blind buying this on dvd back way back when i started getting into horror i mean i know this is going to shock people but 2002 i was like a sophomore in high school so uh so it was a big deal but um it still holds up pretty well it looks like shit um yeah pretty damn fuzzy but i mean it's sort of that like that era where it was things were moving from like film to digital and uh, just not the greatest looking film, but, and I, I'm just not really into the militant part of it, but God damn, these werewolves are violent. They're awesome. Gory, violent, visceral. Uh, practical. Yeah. Yeah. Practical, not CGI, which uh, especially at this time, 2002 would have been truly awful uh what do you I, I like it I don't love it I think there's a lot of people who really really love it uh, I like it just don't love it what do you guys think
0: I just looked it up on Wikipedia because they usually have production notes in Wikipedia and it does say it was for the sci-fi channel
1: yeah it's not so wild that's
0: where it premiered yeah yeah so it does kind of make a little more sense um I yeah I really I, li- I really like this movie I've Always been been a big campaigner for this movie, but it's been forever since I've seen it. Now rewatching it, yeah, it definitely wears its uh, its budget and Sci-Fi channelness on its sleeve. Yeah, it's not a it's not a pretty looking film. Um, you can kind of tell in some of the editing, like where they're cutting corners budget wise with some of the some of the action, some of the some of the effects. But man, I still love the werewolves. And it is cool, they're just big um big anthropomorphic werewolves uh that are just imposing and very, very, very cool looking. Um I like the, the soldier aspect of it uh a lot and just being trapped in this in this cabin and you know who's a werewolf, who's not. I don't know. It's good.
2: Yeah, I uh <laughs> Maybe, Mike, you'll remember better, but I I thought we, I mean, saw this when it came out. And remember back in the day when we uh, lived on, uh, we had the PF house and, like, we just met Flyboy. And I feel like Flyboy uh, was like, guys, I found this bootleg of this movie. And, like, because he used to come up and we would watch things you know like the eye and the ring you know japanese versions of the original you know bootlegs and stuff and yep. we'd have little bootleg parties and i i thought this one was like right right in those early days when we were doing that and i and he's and flyboy's the biggest champion of this movie that i know of and uh because of that you know i i definitely you know love it too um i it's i know you, you so ever you guys are saying it looks bad but it's not for anyone who hasn't seen it it's not bad it's just the no. film the 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 film quality uh it's not the filming quality it's the no it's 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 literally still very just well a little made, too grainy you know just yeah. the the quality of the film was shot on something that, and that doesn't up-res worth a shit.
1: Well, shout just put out a 4K of it.
2: Yeah, so maybe that's better.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know Hopefully. if it'd be better or worse. Or worse. Like, have you like Ghostbusters yeah. in 4K is rough because of how much film grain there is.
2: And and as I watch this, I wonder those things. I'm like, is this as good as it is because it looks shitty? You know, like you always it say, hides, it hides, hides the stuff. It seems,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but it but it definitely gives it that. Um, so to, to me, it still has that indie film uh, go get em heart that you love seeing in films. And, and it looks just like a bunch of friends on a, on a weekend just going to town and doing a great fucking job at it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where you guys stand on what werewolves you uh, prefer, the kind that stand on two legs or on four legs, if you have a preference. But, yeah, these are more of the man the man style standing yeah. up but they yeah,
0: upright but, but still wolf looking those are my favorites yeah
2: super huge shoulder heads and but they have the you know they at the time it was like what how did they get cuz they were standing on the backwards legs at the bottom and we're like what the fuck is that mm-hmm. but it's clearly practical it can't not be practical yeah and they're like what is happening and in 2002 our little minds were blown and uh, oh yeah, still sort of a thing. And that's the
0: thing. Like <laughs> I think you know, it the value's kind of diminished over the years just because like at the time we had never seen anything like it, especially a modern werewolf film. Yep. That was all practical, had some cool gore, um amazing-looking uh werewolves that defied practicality, you know? Yep. Just those big stilted uh werewolves yeah and you know but like as we've seen more stuff you know it's kind of it doesn't hold the same weight it's still a great film still amazing still worthy of putting neil marshall on the map and everything um absolutely but
2: uh you know
0: not just 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 this time around it wasn't like that same first experience i mean it's never going to be right but
2: yep and then it had been so long since I'd seen it, I didn't remember that Liam Cunningham was in it, who everyone loves from this dragon show. May have heard of it on Game of Thrones. But uh, yeah, that so. RuPaul's Drag Race? No! Dragon Game of Thrones. He's an awesome character. You guys suck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was cool to see him like a young man in this movie. So that was really
1: cool. I know you like him young, so yeah. Oh, I'm done here. Can we talk about how Neil, Neil Marshall did like two other good things? And come on, man! Like what? What's the other he good
0: did, thing besides Descent? I just he curious did the Descent, and
1: he went from Dog Soldiers, good, to yeah. Descent, great, Amazing. Doomsday, pretty damn good. Okay, do's, Doomsday.
0: Yeah, Doomsday is probably I I really like that film too.
1: And then he went to Centurion. Never seen it. I haven't seen it. He ended up directing uh, an episode of Black Sails and uh, that show Jason just mentioned, Game of Thrones. He directed two episodes. Oh, yeah. He did do some of that. Yeah. Um, the Constantine TV series, he directed one episode of Hannibal, which, okay. He good. did a segment of Tales for of Halloween. Not so good. What? Um, <laughs> Timeless, never heard of it. Westworld, another HBO yes. show, so yeah. probably pretty good. Uh, he did a TV movie called Poor Richard's Almanac. Doesn't even have a poster on IMDb. Uh, directed an episode of Lost in Space. He did the horrible Hellboy reboot. That's oh, hell what the one I was that. trying to think
0: of. I yeah, couldn't, I, like
1: I know he had a uh, film that was more modern. I couldn't. And he's done The Reckoning and The Lair in the last twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two, which I've just those posters from,
2: don't look good
1: even from Brian Brian Clark went on a <laughs> I think a very long rant about the lair maybe or I don't remember which oh. one but I think it was the lair cuz he was like what the fuck happened to Neil Marshall oh, yeah. cuz I think that's an alien monster
0: it movie looks like
2: and, an alien monster?
0: I don't know he yeah. spent too much time doing doing
1: TV for Air Force and Afghanistan. Oh boy. Biological weapon. Maybe just yeah, maybe just doing these as gigs rather than... But that one's written by him too, so I don't know, man. Yeah. Mm. It's tough to but say, I don't know. He still has more great movies than most directors, so... Yeah, true. Th- this, this and The Descent alone, uh, mm. Doomsday is pretty good too, but this and The Descent are both like... They put him up there.
0: Did you ever see Doomsday, Jason? I don't remember. Okay. it It's really good, but it's just... It's just totally all over the place cuz it it jumps from like genre to genre in yeah, amazing goes, ways.
1: Yeah, it goes from like a night movie to like Mad Max to uh Escape from New York to yeah, it's it's all over it's weird.
0: Well, it starts off it starts off you thinking you're watching some like um you know, outbreak virus, you know, zombie movie or something. And then it goes to like man max and it goes to like it's yeah it's just totally it's all over the place jumping from genre to genre which i feel like was the intent so yeah i don't begrudge it for that i think it's pretty cool for that but
2: you
1: have to sort of be in the mood for it for me yeah no i get that too yeah for sure but dog soldiers yeah just good practical werewolf movie i think what honestly sort of uh like made this sort of the cult classic it is because i can't think of really any other made for sci-fi movie that has a shout factory or screen factory 4k disc is the fact that maybe it was made for sci-fi channel so it didn't really it never hit theaters uh but it probably got more eyes on it than it normally would have and then using the practical effects using the sort of it's like a perfect product of his time like jason mentioned that grainy dark shots you you see glimpses of these of these wolves you see their size you see their heads but you know you don't really there's very few shots of like in the light full body and i think that helps it too but you know it's just like if they would have done it earlier they probably couldn't have made it look as good they did later they probably just would have used cgi so uh you know just sort of a product perfect product of its of the time it came out so
0: i think what makes it stand out from all the other sci-fi channel films is that it's not a sci-fi channel produced film it was right purchased in the state yeah released in the states on the sci-fi channel which is a bummer to think like man you couldn't get a better distribution deal in the states (laughs) than premiering it on sci-fi channel
1: i'm I'm curious how like they did the gore on so I, i wonder if there has to be like a tv cut now I guess would have ever but, watch like, it. There's a character with his guts hanging out for over half the movie. So how do <laughs> right. you cut
0: that? How do you cut around that?
1: Keep trying to push him back in. yeah. <laughs> good gore,
0: which has always been the thing that has stood out from you know watching it this time around. I couldn't remember anything about it except for upright werewolves and this guy who has his guts hanging out through the whole movie.
1: It has an 81 percent fresh on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty damn good.
0: Oh, that's yeah, yeah, awesome.
1: Very cool. All right, so uh, what trivia do you have for Dog Soldiers? Well, we sort of mentioned this, but there's very little CGI used in the movie because the people involved in the filming believed that CGI was being overused at the time, and that would take viewers out of the movie because they'd be focused on how the special effects looked bad rather than the story. Thus, the werewolves are animatronics and bodysuits with stilts. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the werewolves, Neil Marshall chose to use dancers to play the werewolves instead of the typical stuntmen in order to highlight their grace and elegant movements. The set was also designed size-wise to force the creatures to have to bend a bit upon entering, uh, thereby highlighting their statuesque physiques, and they wore stilts in their costumes that made them a foot taller. And then the last little piece I have is Simon Pegg was offered a part in the film, but he turned it down after Edgar Wright asked him to save his first horror role for Shaun of the Dead.
0: Okay, well, I guess that's okay. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, but yeah, it was, yeah, you're right, worth it.
1: And there's not really humor in this, so I don't know. I, I like Simon Pegg with some humor.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for some trivia there. Appreciate it. Uh, let's move on to our next film, the next movie we're going to... Do we have to? to?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> oh,
0: no. All right, our next film, I was excited to talk about it, but... It's from 2010. Maybe. Or 7. Or or, 7.
1: We're not sure. It's
0: called Brain
3: (laughs) Maybe we can use their phone. Sounds like gunshots.
4: Zombies packing. Been shot when it was good.
0: So, speaking of looking like a sci fi cha- made for sci fi channel movie, Brain Dead from some year. Um, no, it's not the 1990 film with Bill Pullman and, and Bill Paxton. No, it's not the New Zealand's version of Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Oh. This Brain Dead is well, I'm still saying from 2010, uh, directed by Kevin Tenney, Night of the Demons, Witchboard. One of my favorite horror directors. And the film is about six people trapped in a deserted fishing lodge with a host of alien, infected, mutant, amoeba-controlled zombies trying to kill them. Uh, I have a bad feeling I'm probably the only one that likes
1: this movie. Uh,
0: In the world.
1: I was going to say, not just on the show. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure that you think the director likes this. Ugh.
0: I I thought it was fun. I mean, the
1: acting is is, is bad. Um, the cinematography, cinematography is, bad. is, is not. The good. The writing but, is horrible, but it's got some fun gore and like it has
0: nudity. It's got a lot of nudity, um, a lot of boobage. Um, I just I just I thought it was fun. Uh, the one guy, the main guy, uh, for every. 10 bad jokes he tells there's at least one that's funny um like that that last one there where he's talking about being shot and and she's like is it bad and it's like when is it ever good to be shot or whatever um see and he delivered it really well way better than me so Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. he was okay uh but uh yeah I mean I know it's it's like super low budget and um you know, Kevin did, does not do a very good job of trying to hide its budget. Um, but, uh, I'm, you know, I, I like the, the preacher character. I thought all that stuff with him was, was funny. Ugh. Him and his, uh, him and his assistant being just really, a really gross individual,
1: having sexual tension. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh,
0: And again, I thought the the effects were cool and the gore was good. uh, It was done by Gabe Bartelos, who I'm a fan of as well. So it was.
1: What has Gabe done?
0: uh, He did the basket case sequels and Brain Damage. Uh, He worked on Friday 13th, part six. He's done a lot of stuff blanking on other stuff he's done right now but i remember this movie i bought it on dvd a long time ago when it came out it was a blind buy i don't remember where i bought
1: it i wish i was blind after i bought it
0: (laughs) Uh, and i bought it because i saw kevin tenney's name on the box and i saw gabe bartellos's name on the box and i'm like oh it's a great combination so Um, But I had fun with it, and you guys, I guess, did not. Let's find out.
1: Well, it's written by Dale Gilenu, Gilenu, who um, previously wrote one episode of Moonlighting in 1986. (laughs) He has two writing credits, one episode of Moonlighting and Braindead. Wow. Um, Yeah, pretty impressive that. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Kevin Tenney. It's sort of a bummer. Speaking of directors, that... Started off and had some decent movies, uh, but he also did Pinocchio's Revenge and
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of Pinocchio's Revenge. I mean, I I, I like a lot of his movies. Again, Night of the Demons is amazing. I love Witchboard. I even really, 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 really like Witch Trap, which is kind of a forgotten film for and a lot of people um, probably forgot it for good reason. Um, you know, and he's got.
1: How is Demolition University? It's okay. It's You've all actually right. seen it? Yeah, I have it on DVD. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh, of course has he does. Corey Haim? Yep. Corey Haim. Yep. Uh, the Cellar, which... The Cellar is fucking uh, awesome. ...is really good. Um, however, the version Jason oh. I saw was uh, an unseen director's cut. Uh, so I don't know. I have I have a copy of it on VHS and... Haven't watched what the released version looks like, so who knows. Well, what's the story behind that? Uh family that lives uh kinda oh, out the in the middle of nowhere. Cuts,
2: I think is what he's asking.
0: Oh, the story behind the cuts.
1: Yes. Like I don't...
0: how how did you see a director's cut? Oh, oh, how did we see it? It uh it played you know at this yeah. We, well, that's it, what I'm wondering. It played at this thing called what was it, B movie monster? Celebration b Movie Celebration. Out in Indiana, Um, Justin Beam uh, worked on the first couple years of that, and so we tagged along with him, and that was one of the movies that was playing uh, at that festival, and Kevin Tenney was there um, to present it, Um, so he brought his own personal single print, director's print, director's cut print of the film, um, the only copy apparently in existence or whatever, so that's the version we got to see cuz Kevin right. Tenney was there. And Kevin Tenney had a couple films in that festival that weekend. He he made some children's Bigfoot movie.
2: Oh yeah, that wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, which that wasn't too bad either. Um and his, so his career is just kind of kind of weird. <laughs> and the fact that like I kind of always been t- kind of fascinated to know the trajectory of his career is he just like one of those directors for hire or does he seek out certain projects or you know what i mean um so bigfoot
1: is from 2009 and the bigfoot looks a lot like harry from it harry does. and the henderson's yeah, yeah i think much. the costume was
0: like, repurposed i was gonna say they rebuy it Jesus, and like the, although it looks a lot like harry from harry and the henderson's but the head is too big i do remember the head being like not oversized.
1: yeah yeah I like the uh, tagline: "Friendships can get a little hairy." <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, but like all of that is true, but like the movie was still kind of good. Yeah, it wasn't bad <laughs> for a kid for like a after-school special kind of movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, some directive video, yep, yep.
1: <laughs> uh, children's Bigfoot movie. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Sorry, uh, not not to open a new tab, but I'm just reading a review of Bigfoot on IMDb. Uh-oh! Take the original Bigfoot costume from Harry and the Hendersons. A oh. good a good movie. Oh uh, no! <laughs> gray the hair around the jowls and darken the lines in the face. Guess what? You now have the main character in this flick with none of the humanity. This film is directed by directed like one of those bad hillbilly movies. What was his name? He died of lung cancer a while back. Anyways, it's nearly unwatchable. What? Jesus. Directed by a moron. Written by oh, a cre- Cretan. Beware.
0: Well, that reviewer is very wrong because Kevin Tenney is very much still alive. <laughs> trolling are trolling.
1: Directed like those bad hillbilly movies. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're referring to, but you're so, wrong. You know
0: what? It's one thing to not like a film, but just a flat out insult. The people that made it is
1: is... would like to see this guy make a movie. But the other two reviews are 8 and 10 stars. Hilarious. Oh, nice. Bi- Bigfoot is demand and someone else says really cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's true.
0: He is demand and it is really cute.
2: But
1: no. But we're I, talking about Brain not Dead.
2: Not a fan of Brain Dead Ted?
1: No. Okay. Um <laughs> I just it there's like a certain like this again this era of films. I'm glad that Dog Soldiers went like the other route cuz uh, this is a few years later, but there's just like this era of, I'm trying to think of other examples, sort of like, um, what was that one Robert Englund was in from the, so- in the South, 2001 oh, Maniacs? 2001 Maniacs, yeah. Yeah, just like one-liners that aren't very funny on top of one-liners that aren't very funny over and over again, and that's like the writing. Like this preacher standing in the road with this big titted young girl, and he's like, well, by golly, there goes my car. And she's like, well, there's a divine intervention. It's just like no one speaks like this. No one. It, this is like stereotypes, but it's not. Uh, it's just uh, I, I did like one uh, with the two main guys. There's like the two outlaws that end up in this cabin that sort of take them hostage. The one that was less crazy that they were the girls were sort of falling for.
0: Yeah, one that's pretty much the lead. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's like the only good actor in this. Uh, he was actually pretty good, pretty funny, uh, and like he, he knew how to like he's like he, he knew how the timing works and how dialogue works. And yeah, how to, yeah. And it just to me was so jarring that he knew how it worked, and apparently no one else did. So it made everyone else look way worse when they're next to him. Yeah, uh, that's true for me, that was the thing was like this, either this guy's like fantastic or everybody's just so bad it's making him look better. But either way, the gap between like when you have one guy who knows what he's doing and the rest don't. Um, but I mean, there's worse ways to spend an hour or 45 or however long this was. Cause I, like I said, at least there's nudity and some gore. So I literally hit play on it. And the first thing I thought was like, is this like a Windows ninety eight screensaver? Like <laughs> that the meteor, me, that really bad meteor flying through the space. It reminded me of that old yeah. pinball game on Windows. Um, and and literally, the moment I hit play, it's playing some like two thousands new metal or something. While this, ast- this CGI asteroid floats through the sky, not even thirty seconds in, Nikki's like, "Is this a podcast movie?" Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yep and she's like i you guess i'll know. just i'll go sit out in the blistering sun and blind myself rather than be in here she didn't you know, say like, that but I you? yeah
2: <laughs> so mean well i mean when that gigantic asteroid comes all the way down from the heavens and hit the, fish the atmosphere buddies. and then lands on this guy's head <laughs> I'm just like what the fuck um, I'm somewhere in between these two. Uh I agree that it's not that great, maybe, but it's not for me. But I uh but I also had a lot of I had fun with it. I it was easier for me to deal with it when I can just be like, Oh, this isn't too far of some <laughs> shitty movie we'd make. Um <laughs> I mean on one hand I'm like how uh, How the mighty have fallen, Kevin Tenney? What happened here? there's a story, I'm sure, but maybe not um, it makes me you know wonder the question of like m- do you do you like the movie more because you know it's Kevin Tenney, or would you like it less if you didn't know it was Kevin Tenney like maybe. that has to inform it somehow, right?
0: Maybe more in the fact that uh you know because the acting a lot of the acting is is so bad, and the the budget is so low because the you know the film just does not look good um, that uh knowing it's Kevin tenney got me over that hump to continue on and then enjoy what I did enjoy from it.
2: Right. I think I, I gave the movie more credit because it was to Kevin Tenney, whether it probably didn't deserve it. But, um, I, I, yeah, all the actors are fine. I mean, is uh, the, the main dude. Yeah. I thought he was funny half the time, but in my head I was pretending, um, he was somewhere between, uh, the older brother and boy meets world and <laughs> Dean Cameron, you know, just like somewhere uh, in between there. Okay. So like, he was, I had to do that to make him funnier in my head. <laughs> um and uh who doesn't like to see boobies? So uh I could <laughs> and, and and I, there I, is a lot. There's, there's, a lot.
0: <laughs> there's like what a four lot of, five, there's, there's like, full about, frontal. There's like six or six or seven female characters in this movie and every single one of them gets naked at one point.
2: Which I appreciate, you know, because if you're gonna have one, have them all. But I don't know about you guys, but I was definitely in my head hearing um, Andy's review jumping on and being like, I fucking love this movie. There's titties everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's gore and titties. I love this movie. Or him going, well, (laughs) sorry, Mike, but.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, um, I didn't realize it was Gabe until you said so just now, but I, you know the effects are extreme and good i mean it's fucking off putting the first time that guy blows the cop's head off you're just like oh my god that doesn't match any of what you've been leading me up to right like uh, it's, a, it's it's almost
1: like goofy humorous horror and then a fucking head explosion yeah
2: it's kind of irresponsible dick move for a director to like not warn you for that that's how i take it so like i didn't appreciate it but like but then after you're like well i guess that's what kind of movie it is and then all the gore after that was like holy shit that's a lot of gore i mean you're just grabbing someone's head and pulling it in half that's always fun and yeah and you know punching somebody through the face have done that before that's mm. uh you know that's yeah. that's a good time so um i definitely stayed for the gore and the boobs but yeah. Just, you know.
0: It's not much not, not much. Uh, there wasn't much, much left else after <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Brain dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: what trivia is there for this one? Uh some real great stuff. Uh <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> there was like three pieces and I chose two of them. Um shot in four weeks, which is three weeks longer than oh, I would have okay. <laughs> Uh <laughs> but the temperature peaked at well over 100 degrees inside the cabin throughout the shooting of this movie. I'm not
0: surprised there. That's it. Oh.
1: Okay. See, I feel
0: like those of us from the you know, from the 80s era that are big horror fans have an expectation of Kevin Tenney based on Witchboard and Night of the Demons when honestly if you go back and watch those movies there's more nostalgia to those movies, Nostalgia Love, than... Because all of his films have issues, sure. and it's it's usually budgetary, which makes me, again, wonder his trajectory as a director. Like, who's producing these films, and are they seeking him out to direct, or is he one he he gets a project in his lap and wants to make that movie and seeks out a producer to make it that's that's where i'm wondering. cuz he kind of reminds me and this could be because of that B movie celebration thing but he he has always remind me as kind of like a more talented fred Olin ray
2: you know yep, yep absolutely uh,
0: you know the quality is still down there but uh like him and the Jeff skills Burr are better are like just a
2: little better than yeah yeah that c movie yeah
0: there you go uh, so I'm realistic about that, but that is also kind of part of what I love about him and his movies. And I I do still have tons of nostalgia for those those early films.
2: Dude, speaking of bad directors, we totally didn't talk about Jim Wynorski. Jim yeah. Wynorski's in this movie, and when well, that's I that's
0: right, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, when yeah. I
2: saw his name, I'm like, "Fuck, this is gonna suck." <laughs> Such You're a right. shitty director. No, but I actually did. Hey. I actually I thought he did a good job. Really, he was yeah. He's kind of one of the highlight For the real, of it, yeah. I mean his character didn't do shit. i just <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I was like, all right, Jim winorski's acting and like being visible and on screen and doing it. And I was like, fuck yeah, that was awesome.
0: I just wonder if like.
2: There's a I couple assume it was favors, you know. But. Yeah, as I was say, there's a couple.
0: I think there's a couple of possibilities there. It's either one, Kevin calls up Jim, He's like Jim, uh, I got this part. I would love for you to play it. And Jim's like, ah, I'm not really an actor. I don't really want to. But Jim, there's boobs. I'll be there. Or it's vice versa. It's like yeah. uh, Jim, can you help me get boobs for this movie? I'll let if you give be me a it. part, yep, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> probably that one. But yeah, it, who do you go to when you want to get boobs in your exactly. movie? Jim Wernarski.
2: That's right. That's awesome. All right.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Now that I've insulted a couple of my favorite directors. (laughs) Three of my favorite. I've insulted three of my favorite directors. They're out there listening, and I love you guys. Anyway, uh, Jason, what's the next movie we're going to talk about?
2: The next movie we're going to talk about is from all the way back to February. (laughs) Uh, When this came out, it's Knock at the Cabin.
3: Oh, are we gonna sing along? Yeah, of course. I wanna Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>
2: leonard it's nice to meet you
3: why are you here
2: i suppose i'm here to make friends with you and your dad's too but my heart is broken
1: why is it broken
4: because of what i have to do today
2: have a very important job to do. In fact, it might be the most important job. United by a common vision, which has now become a command that we cannot ignore. The four of us are here to prevent the apocalypse. Your family has been chosen to make a horrible decision. If you fail to choose, the world will end. I'll have to read now after that. Uh, While vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Directed by one of my favorite directors of all time, M. Night. That's right. And apparently it's adapted from a book, The Cabin at the End of the World, which I don't read and don't <laughs> know anyone who's read it. But I hear from those who have read it that it's a really good fucking book.
1: The book's better. I haven't read it, but oh, that's, should, that's what everybody who reads that's has. That's so better. <laughs>
2: um, stars. Dave Batista. We'll just start with him. Fuck um, yeah. Dude, what... I love this guy's career so much.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: I no, I'm not saying I watched wrestling a lot, but I I had I was watching when he came into the ring, or when he came into <laughs> WWE whatever it was. So like, and at the time, like I just somehow, I I I really liked him. That's too many letters. I know. I'm uh, just doing the initials.
0: W W W I.
1: W W W W I W, w- Even
2: w- then I was like that fucking guy is cool and I like him.
1: But you never thought like this is gonna be no a guy who takes way. dramatic roles and can make you cry in movies.
2: And th- yeah. And so you see him in his, some of the first things Action Star, you're like, Of course, the dude's bigger he's an action figure. He's huge,
1: tattooed, yeah, yeah. Bald he's, guy. Yeah. Yeah, oh,
2: he's, yeah, he's he's He Man. But then like and then he's he, you notice in guardians that the dude's got a sense of humor that's really good really good and always yeah, been impressed he great almost, comedic tracks, timing yeah yep. And then he almost you know is only you know action and comedy and you're just like you're like no he's not going to get like a straight dramatic role what could he do it and he got it and he fucking did it man you could hear that trailer like yeah he's you he just love this guy he's so great
0: he's so subdued and like I mean he's my favorite part of this movie yes and just his sincerity in his character yes like you could have done this character with that like trying to be sympathetic but like as a manipulation move Uh but but you just know everything he's saying to the little girl there in the beginning believe it everything he's saying to the couple throughout the entire movie is 100% sincere and 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 he's carrying this burden with him that yeah. he has to do this and feels like shit about it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Just, and he's just so, so fun to watch everything. And then, yeah. uh, Then we got uh, Rupert Grint and Ron her. Weasley. We got Ron. Ron Weasley's in it, which oh, is shit. great. That was him, wasn't it? Michael. You don't really I, like Harry Potter. I, right I Raymond. Raymond. I <laughs> Who's that? I,
0: I, wa- <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> uh, uh, when I watch movies, I subdue myself into the movie and the story. and Oh, I don't what the fuck, uh, well, uh,
2: did you write that down, Tad? So we call about <laughs> on it next time he does it. <laughs> ten times. Uh, but but uh, I'm so happy for him that he's
1: finally getting out a job there, getting
2: a job that's not anything close.
1: And, and then, spoiler alert, he's the first to go. Oh, and I'm like, fuck I, I was man. bummed by that, yeah, me too. And,
2: and I suppose that's a great way to get your audience in and pissed off and shaken up and and all that. But God damn it, you know, like I was rooting for it. well, not for him, I guess, but rooting, yeah, rooting for nice the to actor to her. like
1: to have more screen time. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. yes. And then I didn't really know any of the others. Um, that girl was amazing. But they're uh,
1: they're all good. They're all
2: it's very well casted and acted. And even band.
1: the little little girls, she was she fantastic. Was so good. Yeah. She's adorable and it makes me sad like I like it. <laughs> it's hard to make me like really care about people and like I cared <laughs> on both sides of it where I was like yeah I nope. cared for the couple but I also Batista sold it so well right. that I'm like fuck like I care about him cuz he's so sincere and they don't want to be here they don't want to be doing this but like whether it was you know at the beginning I'm like whether this is like a cult that has convinced them of this yep. or or if the, it's really the, they're, what they're everything they're saying is absolutely true either way I feel for them because they don't want to be doing what they're doing everyone you know?
2: there had the unthinkable choice and yep. yeah they oh that's that's drama man that's tension that's mm-hmm. and it was done so well because you don't know you didn't know you don't it, it goes to the end before you're like even know what the hell's real or not real it's
0: yeah, even just even, walking that line is so great. Even when they're proving, you know, what they're saying is going to happen is happening. You're still like, ah, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. here's some reasons Are why these maybe guys crackpots or what's real going yeah, on.
2: And because it's so new still, maybe we shouldn't, you know. Get, yeah, I'm trying to be, nice.
1: yeah. Well, I, I have. Well, if you one, haven't seen this, just don't. I mean, we this all like it. It's on Peacock. That it's sh- on Pe- streaming. That. It's on it's on uh I watched it on uh Prime. It's on Prime now. Oh cool. So, if you haven't seen this, I guess we should all say before we start spoiling things that we really liked it. I think we all really liked it Hell and yeah. highly recommend mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. So go and then hit pause, go watch it and then come back and listen to our spoilers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's going to be
1: hard to talk about this without spoiling anything. I have one th- one
0: thing that I can't help but spoiling. In okay. some of my notes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've given them ample warning and time. Yeah. Warnings and time, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, go. Oh,
1: okay. I, I didn't know if uh, you oh, were
2: done. I'm done. I'm-
0: oh, okay. So, I just, you know, just last week I was in Vegas, and I watched this, like... On the plane. The, no. Mike? No. <laughs> I watched this the day before I had to fly
1: out. Oh so fun, just, yeah. So, <laughs> real throughout real the movie, you know, we are every time you hit o- turbulence, you're like, "Fuck, I'm going down." To not be
0: overly um, spoilery, there's disasters that happen that are proving mm. the oncoming apocalypse. First one, it's the spread of this virus, right? Well, shit, we've all been through already that. been through that. <laughs> the second one is like fires. All these, all these fires happening. Uh. And just happened in Maui. Just some big ones that just happened. Absolutely, the Maui one. Third one, planes falling from the sky. <laughs> so it's your turn, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and how amazingly terrifying
1: were those shots of those planes oh, yeah. falling from the oh, sky? Shit. One, one of M. Night's like, signature things for me that people don't talk about. I mean, they do talk about the scene in, in uh, Signs, you know, the alien at the birthday party and shit. But yeah. like... When he does stuff like this, like like found footage stuff within his movies, or yep. he did a found footage movie, but it's like, yeah. it's fucking jarring. It's scary. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. He knows how to do just those little those little bits. Yeah, and that are utterly terrifying. It's like any plain disaster things in movies have ever gone. This is that's that scene, which is played on a TV, mind you, too, is uh, probably one of the most terrifying. Which adds to it, to seen.
1: me, because it's like you're, you know, putting it in the context of a news news footage makes it, like, yep makes your mind, it plays tricks in your mind where it's like even your mind almost believes, like, this is real, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's what he goes, what he's going for when he does that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really, really liked it, too. I'm, I'm, like Jason, I am an M. Night fan. Uh, I think, you know, he's probably a bigger M. Night fan because there's, Still, a couple in his filmography that don't <laughs> gel with me. Um but uh, uh, ever since his like little comeback when he did the visit, it's been bangers ever since. Oh, well, I take that. I haven't back. seen I Old. Old, I didn't I didn't care oh. for. The concept was cool, the story was cool. I could just not get past the first half of the movie where the framing was intentionally off-center. But it just was very jarring to me thinking that the whole time my aspect ratio on my TV was off. Because um, I know what he was doing. He's like not trying to reveal people's faces and them getting older and stuff like that. But it was just bad framing. It just took me out. It was an artistic out. choice. I know it was an artistic choice. It was an artistic choice that did not work for me in following his story. So by the time we do get to see people's faces, I was kind of out. Anyway. Regardless, um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this one, and yeah,
1: it was good. I I really really liked it. Um, I my only regret is not seeing it in theaters because this would have been yeah, fun in theaters. Good. Um, and I'm glad. Thank you, Mike, for picking it so that because I have a hard time just like watching a movie. I want to watch unless I have motive and putting oh, yeah, it on this episode. Uh, so thank you for also have introducing a movie that I could have, uh, Nikki come sit and watch. Ah. I was like, yeah, she was, she, she She really, really liked it. Yeah. She loved it. Um, I figured she would just like from the trailers. I was like, I sort of get the vibe of this. It's like one of the prettiest M night movies, like looks Mm -hmm. really good, Mm -hmm. beautiful, well shot. You can tell that it he had a budget for this, which is nice. Um, I think probably basing it on a popular book helps in having some bigger names. Um, but like you said, taking some Batista who, you know, yeah, he's, I mean, it's hard to say he's like, he's not an unknown guy. He's a, he's a pro wrestler turned comedic actor and, but he was in a superhero movie and like Jason sort of said all that earlier, but like to take a, a, the next step, a next, or the next risk and put him in a very serious, uh, dramatic role without a tinge of humor, and uh, he really is the heavy in this and has to carry it. He is, like, the focus of this thing. Uh, he knocked it out of the park. And, again, to see uh, Mr. Ron Weasley, uh, he is... I've always felt like it's, like, a blessing and curse for those actors. Like, Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. He decided to go the other way and just, like, do whatever the fuck he wanted, which is, like, a bunch of really cool indie films Mm -hmm. um, and things that would never be expected of him. I don't feel like maybe he's had...
2: It doesn't always work out that way.
1: No, no, you know, and it's, it's, like, it's easy to say, you know, oh, he gets to do this, but it's, like, most of the cast from these films has struggled beyond this, and especially Rupert has a very recognizable face every... But apparently... Did you really not recognize him, Mike? No, I honestly it didn't even click. So, what's crazy is like, I, yes, but yeah, today we're recording this. The day before this, yesterday, I was at work and I was sitting there eating lunch with my boss and I said, you know, oh, I watched Knock at the Cabin over the weekend. He's like, I did too. I'm like, holy shit, what are the ads? And he's like, I'm talking about it. And I'm like, so how about like Rupert Grint, like finally getting another big role after Harry Potter. He's like, that was Ron Weasley. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I had no idea. I'm like, he looks exactly the same. He's exactly. like, but he's like, maybe it's just like, he's so good. Like I just didn't, yeah. he, you know, think about it. Like it's been so long since I have seen him and now he's like a full grown adult. And I'm like, that's good though. That says that his acting was so good that you, Yep. Moved past it, and I think I hope that continues for him because he really is a good actor, and Mm -hmm. all the other stuff he's doing, he just hasn't had the opportunities as, uh, you know, Daniel and uh, whatever Hermione. But uh, (laughs) have you guys seen him in that uh, show? Sick note. No, but um, Corey, I believe, has told me all about it. It's
0: a it's a good show, and I mean, I recognized him when I watched that but uh, but
1: well, i mean he's kind of the star of it but i think we, we've it's had good. it's funny it's i, I would I think, recommend it yeah we we had this discussion at one of the cracktastic plastic cons and Corey was like you've never seen sick note he's really good in that and i'm like i haven't but like it's one show man like i just <laughs> Corey's I just, a
2: harry potter freakazoid though
1: yeah so i just hope that rupert keeps getting good roles yeah. uh and I was happy. Spoiler that like not only like he went pretty quick, but then we got some flashbacks of his character. Which did that ever materialize to anything? Did I miss something?
0: I kind of felt like I, I was wondering the same thing. If I missed something too, because I was I'm in the same boat as you. It felt Cause... like it didn't lead anywhere, and it almost felt like it almost felt like by the end was M knight like pranking us uh, by having him connected to the the couple but then never address it again
1: right because because it almost it seemed it, like we were leading to something like oh these people all have a connection to the couple somehow
0: yeah and it almost felt like it was m night saying hey remember all you fuckers out there who think i'm the the twist guy well guess what no twist
1: i'm setting it up but fuck you <laughs> i'm not giving you anything but the, at the end Nikki was like well what's the twist and i'm like well is that they're the spoiler, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, and she's like, well, that's not really like, that's just a story. That's not a twist. I'm like, well, it's right. a big thing at the end, a reveal, you know, and I don't know. Yeah.
0: All of his movies are
1: a story and not a twist. Thank you. But Jason, did, do you like, do you have any explanation as to like having this one character out of the four connected to them? No, I never. Other knew. than it making it less believable, like making the couple believe more so that this is like a hoax and that they just used it to, they were just, use this as an excuse to come kill a couple of gay guys.
0: Maybe, maybe that was the point of it. Yeah. That's, but it's weird to have one connect and not, yeah. It's not a very, yeah, yeah. It's not a very strong point. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, you never know either, too, with, like, uh producer's notes and editing and studios. And True. maybe it was filmed and it didn't, I don't, you know, I don't know. True. And having not read the book, I, I really didn't look in any further to which, see, but...
0: Which, you know, it's such an insignificant scene that it's, like, it doesn't detract from right. the whole movie, so... I I still think it's a middle finger from M. Night, personally.
1: I I think there were, like... I remember when the trailers and stuff came out, people were big mad about it because they didn't feel like the author of the book was getting enough, like, kudos. Like, his name wasn't enough in it, and I'm like... I'm sure he's, like, wiping his tears away with the millions of dollars (laughs) they bought it for. Uh, To have your book adapted by M. Night and to have this cast, like... And even if it's not i i don't i can't compare the story to the movie but um it's a damn good movie so uh and most he
2: adapted films don't do that so why should right. get butt hurt about this one granted it won lots of awards and is popular but
0: yeah come
1: on now yeah i think people are just sort of like they want everyone to know that they read it so they put it that's that's it <laughs> <Yeah>. that's it <laughs> they're not crediting my favorite author enough
2: but to piggyback on what you said um Fuck the internet! So like, <laughs> all you fucks, I uh, I'm uh, w- when I uh, w- <laughs> I Google this movie, you know, and um, some descriptions and cast come up, and then just the Google reviews here, it's got, it's just like, five, four, three, two, and then just a million ones, and I'm just like, fuck all you guys. You hating fucking dicks.
1: I've heard, yeah, people, like, Why? after That's this came awesome. out, were sort of shitting on it, and I'm like, what do you not like well, about this?
2: I don't get it. I just
0: I just think... Trolls <laughs> be trolling. The trolls have put such a stigma
1: on M. Night that, like... Which they have. Yeah, and it's bullshit, and... Mm-hmm. uh but like people I know on Facebook were posting like it was all right. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> this like is what? Good. We, what do you want? What do you want? If this isn't good. You, your
2: expectations are yeah. impossible to meet, sir.
1: I loved it, man.
2: Good, me too.
1: Kind of
0: hoping we reach an age where he can continue to make movies, but the generations have gotten to the oh. p- generations have gotten to the point where they have never seen the Sixth Sense, and so now there's no more M Night expectation.
2: I know it.
1: Someday. Just let him make a movie.
0: Exactly. And you know what? And, and you know what? Success Sense isn't even his best movie, so screw you guys. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, will Weezer ever, like, be able to, you know, <laughs> write an album that's not compared to Blue Album or Pinkerton? I don't know, guys, but...
2: It's a good point.
1: It's a good point. This is... It's almost uh,
2: exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's
1: good. It is. <laughs> Uh, so, tri- sorry he came out of the gates with a fucking great movie and so you guys sorry. can't yeah. get over it. Can't handle it. Yeah.
2: Is there any trivia Shit. on this thing?
1: Oh, there's a million things, but uh, I have some interesting ones that I pulled. At the premiere in some cinemas at the entrance of the theater, the spectators were asked to give up something they cared for the cared for for the entire duration of the oh, film interesting. In, in exchange for a gift at the end. Wow. If you chose yes, then your smartphone was bagged and sealed. By handing over the still-sealed envelope at the exit, you received a prize. The initiative read, Make your choice. You'd give up one of the things you care most for the duration of the film. Prove it. Your sacrifice could be rewarded. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's a cool gimmick. So sort of, yeah, making you choose, you know, like they had to choose. Yeah, Did it say
2: what the prize was?
1: No. Okay. Probably like a postcard or something. Uh, Something crappy. Yeah. (laughs) Um. That's cool, though. This is really cool because it relates to exactly what we're talking about. Um, In a 2023 interview with Screen Rant, M. Night Shyamalan explained how he came to cast Dave Bautista. This is a quote from M. Night. I thought, this is an impossible role. A giant who can emote and do 30 pages of monologue. This doesn't exist. This person doesn't exist. Hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute. What about the guy in Blade Runner 2049? Huh. I don't know much about wrestling. So it wasn't like I had this in my head. And probably if I did, I might, might might've been blinded by the fact that this person was an amazing actor. They said his name was Dave Bautista. And so I reached out and then Dave reached out and then we met. And when I spoke to him, I found a human being who is ready to start over again, take away all the success he had and unlearn it and start over. He just wanted to be proud of himself. And I was like, I'm down brother. Let's do it right. The right way from the beginning to end. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And I go, but I do. Oh, so, nice. love that. So he, yeah. He had no, like, I just love, like they both believed in each other. Like, let's, let's do yeah. this, man. Uh, that one gave me a little bit of goosebumps reading. Uh. So I loved it. Um, the initial screenplay, screenplay draft by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman was voted onto the 2019 blacklist as one of the most popular unproduced screenplays of the year. And then finally, which uh, I think we all saw but didn't mention, director M. Night Shyamalan has a cameo in an air fryer <laughs> infomercial infomercial that briefly appears on TV before the first news report.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. He always I ends kind of up forgot in
0: about movies. his little cameo. Yeah. But this one, he kept it really insignificant this time. So. Yeah. A little more Hitchcockian cameo than. Yep. Full on being part of the storyline
2: yeah <laughs> but still for me i was like fuck yeah he's in there good you go buddy oh yeah i love it
0: i like that you know i mean i like any director that has a theme a little that, sig- a little that signature yep. that yep. will tell you that it's their movie and for him well one of many of his little signatures and one one of many is him popping in there somewhere yep and it's not an ego thing. It's just a, yeah. It's just a. It's little, a fun little thing he does. Thing, yeah.
1: Nothing wrong with it. I nope. mean, Kevin Tenney has his own signature. His <laughs> movies aren't good. Oh come <laughs> oh, on! Oh, <laughs> knew
3: it. Kevin Tenney is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh
0: shit. Oh my goodness. Okay, well let's move on from that. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is it for our vacation here at Attack a Killer Podcast Cabin. Um, but we still have more show to go. So when we come back, or yeah, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up with a couple of segments. First, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network called the Persgraff Films Podcast Network. Oh, sounds cool. It does. Uh, the PFPN is home to over 30 different shows, including the Bad Movie Bunny Podcast, mm. where every episode reviews horror movies, but the screams you hear are your own. Oh, man. You can check them out. You can check out the Bad Movie uh, Bad Movie Bunny podcast and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal. Providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media, the PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome back to the show. Now it's time to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts.
4: It's time for Shoutouts. Shout-outs. Shout out. Shout-outs. Shout
3: Outs! out. Outs! Shout Outs! Shout Outs! Shout Outs!
2: Alright, we asked, what are your favorite cabin horror movies? It's a good question. It's a great question. Let's see what the folks had to say. Up uh, first, on our Facebook page, we got Attacker Andrew Moeller. Yeah, he doesn't comment too much. I'm glad to see him on here. Um, He says, secret window. This one took a second Mm. watch for me to really enjoy it. I'm on the one watch, so I might need that second one. Yeah, I'm with you. I've (laughs) only seen it one time, and I don't don't really remember much. Oh, and then he says one of maybe the greatest of all time. The Blair Witch Project. Okay, this one is kind of a cheat since we don't get to the cab until the end. And, yes, it's more of a house out in the middle of the woods, but the short time we spend there flickers in your brain long after the screen fades to black. Yeah. A fun one is zombievers. Yes, zombie beavers. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's fun. We did that for a watch party. It was a good time. And last but not least. Yes. Exists. A Cautionary Tale of Not to Piss Off Bigfoot. That movie is
0: great. Did you see that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Bigfoot movies. Mm-hmm. It's definitely my favorite uh, Bigfoot found footage movie. <laughs> uh, sorry, Bobcat.
2: but uh, uh,
0: I like Hollow Creek, but this is awesome.
2: And then uh, commenting on that is Attacker Emily. She says,
1: oh, Zombievers is so good. I wouldn't. Zom- I mean, Zombie yeah. I mean, it has Courtney Palms titties, so right on. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, then we got attacker Jacob McLaughlin says, It's such an obvious answer, but Evil Dead 2 is my favorite yeah. movie overall. I'm
1: surprised we got this far with uh, any Evil Dead talk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a living cabin. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: The cabin is evil. Uh, but I want to also give a shout out to the excellent and claustrophobic. Knock at the cabin from earlier this year. There you go. Jacob, you got it. Thank you. Up next is Attacker Emily with her f- own comment. She says,
1: hatchet. Yes. Yep,
2: yep. Don't go in that cabin. Nope.
1: Victor Crowley.
2: And then she also says, yeah, Tucker and Dale.
0: Yep, that's her right about. I've been waiting for somebody to bring up that one, too. Hell yeah. Yeah.
2: And then uh, next, we got Timothy Lennerer who says, Oh, geez, it's a massive pileup of movies all coming to mind at the same time. So here's a list The I'm Cabin ready. in the Woods. Yep. Evil Dead 2. I Tucker and it. Dale. Yeah. The First Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. The Cabin takes its sweet time showing up, but it's that ending is perfect. Yeah, it is. Wrong Turn. Okay. Dog Soldiers. Yep. Shriek of the Mutilated. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and an argument could be made for the Antarctic Research Station and John Carpenter's take on the thing also having cabins in it. Kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it counts. It totally <laughs> counts. Tad, ruling?
0: That w- uh, yeah, sure. Good answer. That'd be saying, like, Flight of the Living Dead because it takes place in an airplane cabin. <laughs> cabin? <laughs> it's
1: a cabin. Yep.
2: They sleep in it. Okay, moving on. We uh, You remember the Bad Movie Bunny podcast you were talking about?
1: Heard of it. Yeah,
2: well, here's the host, Lisa. She says. Hey, Lisa. she's Attacker Lisa. She says, Evil Dead and the first Blair Witch Project. Sweet. I like the second installments of both as well. Yes. Good Book answer. of Shadows. Blair Witch 2, Ted. Suck it. <laughs> up, <laughs> next, <Quick>. <laughs> <laughs> up next. Quick. Uh, up next. I was going to do a bad segue. Speaking. Of uh, we. Got, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. I can't wait to hear who this is. Because next it's Attacker is, Brian. It's Brian Clark. Why would I say that? I was going to say, uh, uh, no, you should
1: have s- saved that for Godzilla's message. I mission, should have. Sure. <laughs> but it didn't happen right
2: there. It was right there. It's unfortunate <laughs> timing. Uh, Brian says, Tix. Yes. <laughs> yes, Tix is great. Not, Speaking uh, of sucking. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Night of the Demon.
0: Yeah, another uh, Bigfoot
2: movie. And Frostbiter. I've not seen Frostbine. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Brian. I know you're going to yell at me when you hear this. I'm just sorry. And then uh, <laughs> lastly on our Facebook page, we got Attacker Rose. Hey, with Rose. With the great answer, Okay, Knock at the Cabin. There you go. She gets it, man. She that's gets right. it. Over in the Facebook group, that's Attack of the Killer Podcast group edition, we have a couple. Oh, did I do this? Oh, shit, it's the same. My bad. I was in the wrong one. Oh, were you in the group first? Because I'm like, oh, look, there's Brian and Rose again. (laughs) What are they doing commenting in both? Oh, that's just me being dumb. Again, sorry, Brian. Uh, Over on the front page, oh, yeah, it's attacker Casey Kelderman. He says, cabin fever. Makes me want pancakes every time I watch it.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Have we done even then if then Cabin I'm... Fever 2 is better but it's not oh, in the Cabin no, song. No. Oh, no. Ty West guys I know I love you, Ty West but, you can't man, deny
0: every time I try to give Cabin Fever another chance it, I shut it off man <laughs> Cabin Fever 2
2: well there's uh, nothing on X but over on Instagram we got one X. more comment we got old school video it's the rapester rape dead snow is my pick for this one yeah, there you go. That's there you no. go. And Madman as well, because summer mm-hmm. camps use cabins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Madman's okay. It's
2: all right. Hey, the Reapster likes it. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That statement's not true, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I take it back to I love you, Reap, but no. <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more thing. We got a voicemail over there. What's that? What is that?
4: Hey everybody, it's Packer Brian here for my bi weekly phone call, and it sounds like we're talking cabin horror. I'm standing outside, it's dark out, moon's coming up over the trees. And there's no light out here. And Jason might be coming up from the back of my yard to get me. So we can always go any of the Friday thirteenth series. I mean oh. most of them happen in the cabin. Even part five, which is set in the house. Ma Junior live in a cabin, right? I mean we got Evil Dead Two, Evil Dead Three kinda of starts in a cabin, that's my favorite. Um, Tucker and Dale, Beavers, Misery. Yeah. He's stuck in a cabin. I mean you could pick almost any movie. Has a cabin in it. Hell. I might even live in the cabin. Well, I don't, but it's a house. But hell, throw some wood on the side in this cabin. Hope you guys have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> this console drunk. What is <laughs> There's there? something going on. What? Yeah, Brian, you can list every movie ever made <laughs> with a cabin in it. And no, I'm not in your backyard, so forget it. <laughs> but anyway, thank e- you. E-
1: Evil Dead 3 is his favorite cabin uh, in the woods movie. Uh,
2: <laughs> what's, what's up with this guy? <laughs> Love you. Uh, So, everyone else, you all can leave a voicemail. Just give us a call. Uh, 415-952-6857 That's 415-95-AOTKP Leave us your voicemail Please give us options to Brian's Rants That would be great (laughs) And uh, that is Shoutouts But we're not done yet One more segment to go It's time for Insane's Picks
4: When
0: a lot of people think about John Waters, they think about his film Pink Flamingos, the movie that earned him the title The Prince of Puke. But there is a film in his filmography that, to me, is almost as depraved as Flamingos, only without the shit-eating, singing assholes, and divine. For this Insane's Picks, I'm going to talk to you about Desperate Living from 1977, a film that plays as a fairy tale, even with a happy ending, that ends in cannibalism. Neurotic and delusional suburban housewife Peggy Gravel and her maid slash nurse Griselda Brown are on the run from the law after Griselda smothers Peggy's husband Bosley to death by sinning on him. They are exiled, exiled to Mortville, a filthy shanty town ruled by the evil Queen Carlotta and her, tre- her treacherous daughter, Prince. Princess Coco. They rent a room from Mole McHenry, self-hating lesbian wrestler who wants a sex change operation uh, to please her to please her partner, her lover Muffy. <clears throat> After confiscating a lottery ticket from Peggy, Mole wins the Maryland lottery and uses the money to obtain a gender reassignment surgery. However. Mafia is repulsed by Mole's new deformed penis and insists they cut it off, which Mole does. Mortville is full of social outcasts, criminals, nudists, sexual deviants, who are conspiring to overthrow the evil Queen Carlotta. She banishes her own daughter Coco after she elopes with a garbage collector named Herbert, whom Queen Carlotta's guards later shoot to death. Coco hides in Peggy and Griselda's house with her dead lover. Peggy betrays Coco to queen, to queen Carlotta's guards. Griselda fights them and dies when the house collapses on top of her. Peggy, however, joins the Queen in terrorizing her subjects, even infecting them and Princess Coco with rabies. Eventually, Mortfield Denison's, uh, led by Mole, overthrow Queen Carlotta and execute... Peggy by shooting a gun up her ass. To celebrate their freedom, the townsfolk roast Carlotta on a spit and serve her pig-like on platter with an apple even in her mouth. This film is full of the regular John Waters cast from this era. Mink Stoll is Peggy um, in her most over-the-top. Edith Edith Massey is Queen Carlotta. Uh, Mary, Mary Vivian Pierce is Prince Coco. Susan Lowell is Mole. Uh, then there's some newcomers to the John Waters family that seem to fit right into the crazy world of John Waters films. Uh, Liz Rennie as Muffy, Gene uh, Hill as Griselda, and one of my favorites, George Stover, who's mostly known for being in Don Dohler films, plays the husband Bosley Gravel. Uh, some films um, that are overly shocking in their in their day... Uh, only kind of get tamer over the years. Uh, but Desperate Living is definitely one of those films that I feel gets even more shocking over time, with such scenes as, a parent, as parents finding their baby uh, left in the refrigerator, uh, a real cooked dead rat being served during the opening credits, which was also used in the advertising for the movie, uh, two fully naked children playing doctor, just to name a few of the uh, weirdness, that uh, you know, might be a little jarring for people nowadays. I really love this movie, and as I do for all of John Waters' filmography, uh, it is considered the third in John Waters' trash trilogy after Female Trouble and Pink Flamingos. If the only films you know of John Waters' is Hairspray, Desperate Living may not be the film to transition into uh, seeing the rest of his stuff, but if you want fun and satirical, hilarious celebration of depravity, I highly recommend Desperate Living. And that is it, folks. That is the end of the episode. That's the end of Attack a Killer podcast for this time around. And you can find more of us on our Facebook, YouTube, whatever Twitter's called nowadays, X. TikTok, I refuse, and Instagram. And threads. And threads. And threads fuck is the threads
2: we'll explain it to you after
0: all right uh, so it's time to leave the cabin cabins are great but remember igloos igloos are always cooler thanks for listening and we'll talk to you on the next episode of attack of the killer podcast see ya
2: oh no could this be the end of attack of the Killer.